inconsistently consistent. I don't want to say this. You know how you say, <laughs> I really don't want to say this. Oh no. Because I don't want my house to be freaking haunted, Rachel. <laughs> and I don't want to, I want to be my skeptic self. <laughs> but Rachel. Yes? No. What happened? Okay, yesterday. Uh -huh. So I've been, I, have you seen any of Sam and Colby's videos? Um, no, I just started watching like the Shane and Ryan. So I'm making my yeah. way downtown. So I've been on a ghost hunting YouTube binge, right? Mm -hmm. And I have been just, so yesterday I was just watching ghost hunting videos all over there. But mm -hmm. do you know who Selena Spooky Boo is? Yes, I love her. Yeah, and Call Me Chris? Yes. Okay, they were in a bunch of uh, ghost hunting videos. Mm -hmm. And they were doing, like, Selena Spooky Boo is doing her own ghost hunting now. Yeah, because the house and, she bought is haunted. Yeah. and But she was also in Sam and Colby's videos, who are two guys who have their own YouTube channel and, like, I don't know what they do besides this, but they have a ghost hunting series. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so I was watching Selena Spooky Boo and Call Me Chris on their videos. And I was just like binge watching a whole bunch of ghost hunting videos. And then I'm like paused it and I go to walk down my hallway. And I live in a basement apartment. Mm -hmm. And I go walk down my hallway and I don't know what I was doing. But as I'm walking out of my room... And it's pretty dark, right? Because I don't walk around with lights on a lot because mm -hmm. I have migraines. And also, uh, I don't give a shit <laughs> about turning lights on. So I just like walked out of my bedroom and I was walking down the hallway. And I think I said something. I think I was like calling out to Spinelli or something. Mm -hmm. And I heard a voice under my voice. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was really deep and like oh type of noise under it and I don't know what it said it only lasted like a second mm -hmm. and my reaction was keep talking nothing happened pretend it's fine <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like narrate everything you do from now on <laughs> so I'm walking down my hallway being like oh Spinelli peanut are you around anywhere where are you guys hey who I'm gonna drink from the fridge okay I'm gonna put this in the garbage okay now I'm gonna go back and finish my video I'm gonna go lie on the bed turn the video on okay there we go 
and that's what I was doing. <laughs> so that's what I did. I, no one else was in my house. Um, my dog was outside. The cats were nowhere to be found. Peanut can make deep, growly, weird sounds in her voice like that. Especially mm-hmm. when she chirps at birds, you know, like most cats are like, meh, 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 meh. Hers are like, meh, 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 meh. Yeah. like an old smoker. Hexa doesn't chirp at birds. She's special. Yeah. So I don't know. Anyway, I just was like, nope, do not react. Do not do anything. <laughs> do not give it any attention. So what did the voice say, or do you remember? Nope, it said nothing. Okay, sure. Mm-hmm. But seriously, no, I, I didn't, I don't know what it's, I don't know what anything said. I didn't hear any words. All I heard was like, as I was saying something, I heard something underneath my voice, mm-hmm. like a voice underneath my voice. And it was deep and it was like, had a, like a oh, type of quality to it, but deeper than I can go. Mm-hmm. way deeper than I can go and it made a noise and it was like lasted maybe a second or a half a second I don't even know if there was word or mm-hmm. eight words right like it was just noise mm-hmm. but nothing that my, my brain could not register what it said mm-hmm. or if there was anything but noise but in my mind my brain went oh what the fuck oh my god oh my god my god like just like terror mm-hmm. and then it was like don't react right because it, i i don't know if i interpreted that it that way that mm-hmm. it was something like that because of what i've been doing all day mm-hmm. right because i was just like watching all this con like ghost hunting content mm-hmm. or did it was it like an honest to god experience (laughs) right and i don't know how to handle my shit rachel (laughs) and i was like i'm not gonna tell rachel because rachel will never let me live this down and then that lasted like what 20 minutes yeah i don't know you that that like you said I had by yes. me talk t- me showing up on the call, and you were like, "Oh, you scared the shit out of me," and I was like, "Oh my god, I should tell Rachel," and then I was like, "Nope, I'm not gonna do it," and then I was like, "No, I can't. I gotta tell her." It lasted like you said it happened yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, it lasted less than twenty four hours, and you were like, "I gotta tell her." I'm gonna tell you on the podcast, and then I was like, "No, I shouldn't. Rachel will never let me live it down." But mostly because I'm like, I don't want to speak it out loud because I feel like if it was true, am I giving it more power by speaking it into like existence type of thing? Yeah, I can see that. So I guess it depends on because now we're going to get into it because I am never going to let you live this down. (laughs) (laughs) Depends on if it was a nice spirit or if it was a fucking Christ. Oh, nice things don't Mal- make noises like malevolent. that. Malevolent. You don't know. You have, okay. You don't know. Okay. What- have you ever, okay. Do you know who Corpse Husband is? Yes. Okay. Of course I, do. I hear his voice and I'm like, damn, okay. He's sexy. Okay. He does, yeah. I heard that voice and I was like, holy fuck, I'm dead. I went into like survival of the fittest mode. 
Listen, you have never experienced a nice spirit, so you don't know what they sound like. Uh, excuse you, I don't experience nice people either. I assume everyone is going to murder me, okay? Fair. <laughs> Valid. <laughs> I have a knife in my desk at work. <laughs> you don't want to say these things out loud. No, it's true. It's a utility knife for opening boxes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I use it for. Does Lexi know there's a knife in the desk? She knows, and there's a knife in my glove box of my car, too. There we go. You heard it it's here It's a Earth. utility knife, and it's for, it's a special one. It's really cool. It's, um, it's got, like, a seatbelt cutter. Oh. And it's got a little thing on the bottom that you can break a windshield with if you were to get stuck. And, um, it's got another little feature to it, but I forgot about it. But it's like a like a triple featured, extra utility knife thing. Okay. Yeah, I bought my dad one too for Christmas, um, oh. like a couple Christmases ago when I bought it because I'm paranoid like that because I'm like, what if I drive into a lake and I can't get out? I will need to break the windshield and swim. Do you want to talk about what this podcast is actually going to be about? <laughs> we should. Hi, welcome to Inconsistently Consistent, <laughs> where we talk about shit that's not what we're talking about in this podcast. I mean, we're on brand because we're on brand. We are on brand. Um, my name's Rachel. <laughs> I'm Melanie. I feel like I haven't podcasted in forever, so my brain was like, "What do you say next? What is your name? What is name? What's what is name? podcast? How do I podcast? <laughs> How do I introduce self? How do I introduce? Uh, besides the. Uh, terrifying experience you had how has your monday been i mean that was on sunday so like monday uh surprisingly not as bad as that because like less terrifying but worse as in like terribly boring whole lot of work and like just like all around awful Mm -hmm. in terms of like you know work and Mondays are terrible. Yes. I'm kind of like the Garfield of a person. <laughs> Except I hate lasagna. Oh, that hurts me that you hate lasagna. Blame it on res, okay? Living in res, the res lasagna at dining hall, it, it just, it was happening like weekly. And it made me disgusted with lasagna. You know what? That's fair. Mm-hmm. That I can't, fair. I just can't eat it anymore. Yeah, that makes sense. It's about cursed movie sets. Ooh. What's much more interesting than talking, like, accounting with a lawyer? Yes. I deal with payroll, so I'm tired of talking about numbers and everything, so. Yeah, and I'd like to pretend I'm not a lawyer for a little bit. Yes, I'd like to pretend I'm not me. <laughs> you be me, I'll be you, okay? We'll just switch. And we won't do each other. Cool, cool. cool all right yes this is about cursed movie sets this is our last episode for spooky season and we're gonna talk about some cursed shit with some things that happened with the things but not literal shit no one shit on the set i swear that we're aware of no i i'll i tell you all the movies we're gonna talk about nobody shit on the set do you think they would report that though Yes. Okay. 
if they were like this this set was so haunted we found ghost poop i just meant somebody maybe they couldn't get to the bathroom and then they just were like i'm gonna go take a shit (laughs) i don't know know. okay maybe not that but there wasn't any haunted poops okay there was no ghost poops no ghost poops no. Okay. And no no human poops that people thought were ghost poops at this point. Yes. Okay. So what we what I what I did and Rachel hasn't looked at the research that I have done. No. And I, I was doing up. this research and I was telling Lexi about it. Mm-hmm. Right? Cuz I was going, "Oh my god, do you know this and this and this and this at this movie?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> Set? And she was like, Melanie, do you do this research this often? I was like, I haven't done this much research for a research paper, Lex. (laughs) (laughs) I've got two degrees. (laughs) When I get interested in something, I go hard at it. (laughs) Part of her ADHD-ness where she hyper-focuses on one subject. Yes, I get really excited about it. And she's like, and Lexi's like, you really shouldn't have this much fun with people dying on <laughs> movie sets in creepy ways. And I'm like, I know, but like, it's not like I could bring them back. No. I'm just reading about it. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to talk about it. Yes. So the first movie I wanted us to talk about is The Exorcist. Yeah. 1973, which Rachel and I saw together. We did. We did. We did. Back in 1973 when we were just youngins. When we were fresh, bushy-eyed <laughs> <in> diversity. Because <laughs> we are 86. We're, you know, very, very old. Yeah. Um, now, when did we actually see this? We saw this in 2013. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. Or 2014. No, I think it was earlier than that, Rachel. Because we saw it with Dr. Patey's class. Yes, but I'm trying to remember when we took when we first took Dr. Patey's class. I think it was 2013 we first took one of her courses. Oh, no. Yeah, you're right. It was about then. And so, yeah. our professor, lovely Dr. Patey, if you ever listen to this podcast, I miss you. You are a fantastic human being. <laughs> I miss you as well. I love we you. We love more. you. Um, I love you more than Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> um, and our prof, we did it. I think we did Christian. I think it was like a Christianity, Western Christianity and women course or something. Mm-hmm. Or some type of Christianity course. And um, our prof, she had actually been some exorcist. Because she, a lot of her research is on Christianity and Islam, and she has a lot of priest friends. And we did it as like it was all of the students with her courses. It wasn't just our; it was like an open to everybody who'd been to one of her courses. Because she spoke on the movie before we watched it, and then we all watched The Exorcist together. Mm-hmm. In a pub. In a pub on campus with a prop. Yeah. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So that was the first and actually the only time I've seen that movie. Same. Mm-hmm. It was a good time, though. 
Oh, it was a lot of fun because that pup hell had good food as well. <laughs> I thought we were just talking about the movie, Rachel. Well, the movie was good too, but the food was also good. <laughs> okay. So, Rachel, do you want to tell us a little bit about the movie? Okay. So, The Exorcist is a 1973 American supernatural horror film directed by William Friedkin. I'll wait till you stop rustling your diblets. Sorry, I was trying to fix something. You good? Okay, go ahead. I'll restart. The Exorcist is a 1973 supernatural horror film directed by William Friedkin and written for the screen by William Peter Blady based on his 1971 novel of the same name. It follows the demonic possession of a young girl and her mother's attempt to rescue her through an exorcism conducted by a pair of Catholic priests. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, here's what I found. According to several sources, there's been nine deaths. Uh, associated with the movie. Mm. Yes. And that's not just deaths like on set, like deaths about like people connected to the movie, deaths like of people like in post-production, stuff like this, like around Mm -hmm. those things. Uh, So some of the deaths include the cameraman's unexpected stillborn, Mm. Yeah, so his wife had a stillborn baby. Uh, a security guard on, like, of the Warner Bros. set, he he died unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. And Linda Blair, who plays uh, the little girl who gets possessed, her grandfather passed away, I believe, during the, like, the production of the film. And one of the biggest things was uh, Jack McGowan. I think I'm, I don't know if I'm saying that right. I'm not sure what character he plays. Um, He played Burke Dennings. Do you know what character that is? Uh, Let me do a quick Google search. (sighs) Who's Burke Dennings? Don't tell me. Burke. B-U-R-K-E. Yeah. Burke. Burke. Circle jerk. (laughs) Rachel! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so um, he is killed by Reagan because he's babysitting Reagan. Mm-hmm. And he's killed by Reagan while she's possessed by Pazuzu. Yeah, and so what character is he? Is he just like is he a, a like a like a priest or anything like that? It doesn't say. Okay. Well. Oh, hang on. Burke Dennings was a film director working on a film in Washington, D.C. with Chris McNeil. The film was wrapping up as he shot the final scene at Georgetown University, which also happened to be where Damien Karras worked. No, you've got a different one. I've got a weird one. Hang on. That's a, there, there's an actor named, or like a, 
like an actual person named Burke Dennings as well. Uh, Exorcist Burke Dennings. That's what I have Googled. Alcoholic director Burke Dennings. I don't know if maybe he was dating. Well, I mean, on the Exorcist Wikipedia page, did you see what the Burke Dennings like character information said or anything? Um, Exorcist fandom wiki. It just says he he was a well-known film director. Uh, well-known film director. He had a good relation with Chris McNeil, who was Reagan's mom, and it was hinted that the two may have been considered dating. Ah, uh, okay. So, like, he may have been the boyfriend. Yeah. Okay. Well, that character dies in the film mm -hmm. and gets killed by Reagan. And the actor who plays him, Jack McGowan, died a month before the film's release. Which, kind of like a coincidence, possibly, but, like, stacking up with a whole bunch of the other stuff, you know, maybe, maybe not. Mm -hmm. uh, the first set of the McNeil home that they built for the film, which is, like, the house that all of this possession is happening in, burned down unexplained it was completely unexplained fire and it set the production back six weeks so that was an unexplained fire that happened and okay and it destroyed so it, it destroyed all of the basically it destroyed all of the film set the fire did mm -hmm. except reagan's room which was left completely untouched and reagan's room reagan being the little girl who gets possessed in the movie Mm -hmm. it's very strange that that room was like basically circled by fire and everything else was like completely destroyed and had to be rebuilt that's interesting it's a creepy fact uh -huh. so so far just checking in creepy creep scale um the fire thing is a little creepy because it's like, why didn't it burn down Reagan's room? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're just like, go full destruction. Like, come on. Mm -hmm. Destroy the whole fucking thing. Insurance purposes, right? And then get that insurance payout, yo. <laughs> I know, it. Rachel. Rachel's just like, burn it to the ground. Oh, listen, <laughs> I am not a pyromaniac by any means. <laughs> However, watching House of the Dragon has made me want people to burn things. Because me screaming at the TV, burn it to the ground. Boris. <laughs> Legit, me screaming, burn it to the ground, Rhaenyra. <laughs> I still haven't watched that yet. You need to. I know. But, like, does he get eyebrows yet? No, he doesn't get eyebrows. Well, then, tell me when he does. He will never get eyebrows. Just watch the damn thing, because you need to watch <laughs> it. I need to talk to you about it. I'll watch it eventually, like, when the season's done. Because I like it's to done. It's done? It's done. Season one is done. Fine. Weekend plans. 
Okay, so you're gonna watch The Conjuring, you're gonna watch Doom Revenge, and you're gonna watch the whole season of House of the Dragon. I might not, because I also am possibly gonna be doing a craft fair. Okay, well, you're gonna do that in between. Anyways, this is not about a craft fair. <laughs> okay, okay, during the filming, Ellen Burstyn, Burstein, Burstyn? Sure. Burstyn, Kirsten, Burstyn? Kirsten, Burstyn, sure. Yeah, she was Kirsten, you know, maybe after this. Mm -hmm. um, so she endured a permanent spinal injury on set. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so she's, and there's a scene where, and Ellen Burstyn, she's the, she plays the mom, I believe. Yes, she does. Yeah, so Reagan, the possessed little girl, chucks her across the room and i believe it's like unseen force right like i think she doesn't actually physically do it mm -hmm. in the movie i think it's like like uh telekinetically type of thing yeah. yeah um so in a scene where she's thrown across the bedroom ellen burston's harness malfunction somehow and pulls her away too quickly and causes her to land on her coccyx Ooh. And caused her permanent spinal injury. Ooh. Yeah, so we've got an accident on set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was a carpenter who also had an accident on set. He lost some fingers while working on set pieces for the film. Possibly rebuilding the set after the fire. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm He possibly had to donate his fingers to, uh, you know... Cthulhu or Pazuzu or whatever fucking thing it was. Pazuzu. Yeah, one of those Zuzus. Yep. They all sound the same. Mm-hmm. And then uh, during the filming, uh, the guy that played Father Karras, one of the priests, mm -hmm. his name is Jason Miller. He's just on the street and a priest approaches him. Mm-hmm. And he he comes up to him and he goes, he just comes, he comes in close, leans in real close and he hands him a medallion and he warns him. He says, reveal the devil from the trickster that he is. He will seek retribution against you or he will even try to stop what you are trying to do to unmask him. Mm. Right? That's interesting fucking weird just a tad yeah so father Karras was like non-existent because it was jason miller i mean mm -hmm. but like i guess he probably was pretty freaked out by that yeah i think if a random priest came up to me and said that and then handed me something i'd be like bruh this is weird but okay thank you i appreciate the gift <laughs> yeah Right? Then, there was one day, the cast and crew comes into the set, the whole set, covered in snow. Oh. The set's fucking indoors. <laughs> California. Uh-huh. Yeah. Huh. Right? Mm-hmm. Just mysteriously all covered in snow. 
So their best guess was <laughs> that it was because multiple air conditioners um, had been left on overnight and like to fight the humidity mm -hmm. and preserve the movie's cold feel and that it had built up snow. Mm. Mm hmm. Interesting. Yeah. It's also rumored that Linda Blair suffered a nervous breakdown while filming. But I mean, any child forced to like play a demonically possessed child, like that's that's kind of fucked up anyway. Yeah, and I think even just any actor can serve oh, can suffer that's the word i want suffer a nervous breakdown so that's not really anything that's like Neh. yeah i also didn't fact check that mm -hmm. so that's just a rumor and i didn't go and fact check that because honestly linda blair's mental health is her own fucking business yeah but if she was struggling that's to me that's just like why you you put a child through traumatic shit mm -hmm. oh fucked up shit anyway anyway so another thing when the exorcist was first shown in rome it was screened in a theater located between two churches and the, so there was tumultuous rain and lightning as moviegoers just filed into the theater. And when it was playing, a loud thump was heard because one of the church's crosses had been struck by lightning during the showing. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thoughts, opinions, suggestions, running for your life? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's not normal what is normal rachel define it with play-doh use that as an analogy normal is when you make a shape <laughs> that is a circle that is a circle <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put that in my uh, analogy list. Yes. Okay. Got that in my tool belt. Okay. Okay. All right. So, so like you said about the, the Exorcist movie coming from a book. Mm -hmm. So the author of the book, uh, William Blady, I think is how you say it. Blady, Blady. I don't know how to say it. B-L-A-T-T-Y. Uh, so he experienced strange activity while writing the book. So I know this is not when it's like we're cursed movie sets, but like I want to include this. Mm -hmm. So don't at me. So he he apparently wrote the the book based on true events, but he wrote it like fictionalized based on what he read in like articles of a newspaper. Mm -hmm. based on like a little boy who'd been possessed or something like well thought to be possessed and then went through exorcisms mm -hmm. right so he based it on that mm -hmm. but he fictionalized a little bit right to because he can't just like tell the exact story of that ch that child yeah right but while he was writing the book 
he and his wife had some strange issues going on. His wife believed she saw a hair hairbrush float thin air. And he believed, he didn't believe her mm -hmm. first until he saw a telephone float in the same way. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, there's no evidence of this besides their word, but. See, okay, so this couple, you're the husband being like, I don't believe in shit. And then you had a voice speak to you. And now you're like, oh, maybe. What? You know, the husband's a non-believer. Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, I didn't believe my wife when she was telling me all these things about this thing and the thing. And then he witnessed something. So he's you and I'm the wife. I'm being like, oh, these things exist because they've happened to me. And you're like, eh. Rachel, I'm still skeptic. Okay? I'm still skeptical. He could still be skeptical and think his wife was playing a goof on him. <laughs> she got some fishing wire and was like, ooh, look at the phone. I'm ready to hang in my skeptic towel. <laughs> <laughs> That's not this this podcast. <laughs> Stay on track. <laughs> I'm not willing to debate this yet. <laughs> I'm not prepared. It doesn't matter. Every time we record from here on out, I'm going to bring it up. I'm already. I'm going to force you to face it. It's going to be, oh my God, what's the name of that therapy that people do when they just throw you into it? Hang on, it will come to me. Aversion? No. Um, oh, fucking Christ, what is it? They do it with things that they do it with a bunch of phobias and stuff. Um, immersion, no, conversion, it will come to me. Subversion, diversion, it will just continue, it will come to me. <laughs> we need exposure therapy, that's what it is. Okay. Now that we've finished this diversion, <laughs> tell me your thoughts on The Exorcist. Okay. Um, we seem a little interesting. Especially mm -hmm. because some of them seem that... There, some of them seem like they could be coincidences, like, you know, the actor dying after he filmed this scene. That's like, mm, well, you know, like, mm, maybe it's fine, you know, whatever. <laughs> and, but like, the cross catching on fire, that's a, a little weird. The priest coming up to the other actor, that's not really like, that's not something you can chalk up to a coincidence mm -hmm. especially if the priest who approached him didn't know that they were filming this movie yeah you know and he you just know, randomly he walked to him like to protect him right yeah yeah which is like i've heard of pete that happening where people will just approach and they'll be like you need this for protection and they're like what do you mean i'm fine and then they just narrowly escape death um so I was reading a bit more about 
the fire that started. So apparently that was a bird flew into the circuit breaker, which is how the fire started. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And then apparently another set was damaged when the sprinkler system was activated as well. Yes. The Exorcist is like a wealth of just shit going wrong. Mm-hmm. Like you, I read like so many articles and every article there was something new. And I had to eventually say, Melanie, you have to stop because there are other movies. Yeah. So like, I don't know <laughs> if you've seen that Linda Blair also suffered a back injury. No, didn't see that one. Yeah. So uh, Blair suffered a back injury, in her case, a lower spinal fracture. Um, oh after God. being after being too loosely strapped to the bed when it was being rocked around, she developed scoliosis as a result. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. she also developed a lifelong aversion to cold due to having spent so much time in the refrigerated bedroom set wearing only a nightgown and long underwear. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where it was. It's gone. I I had a thing here. But apparently, I don't know, apparently I erased it, but I did have a spot in here because I remember reading it. Um, Linda Blair was uh, apparently thrown by an unseen force. I think I heard about that. Yeah, at one point mm -hmm. during filming. I read that somewhere, but I thought I had that included, but I apparently erased it. Mm-hmm. Which is just as cursed as this. Mm -hmm. It adds to it. Dun, dun, dun. But uh, cursed or not? Mm. Cursed or just a bunch of coincidences? Can I say, I'm going to say 50-50. Oh my god, you are so far with that fence post right up your ass, Rachel. I'm gonna say may some <laughs> things may be cursed, some things may be just a coincidence. Mm hmm Cause there's not enough in there for me to definitely be like, oh my god, yes, that is cursed. Mm hmm I can't believe you won't take a side. Well Rachel, I don't know how to move forward with this. I'm sorry. Did I just destroy your existence? Yes. What? Do, how do you feel? Cursed or not cursed? 50-50. <laughs> Wait, you're going to shit talk me for... <laughs> <laughs> All right. I see how it is. Okay. I'm saying, uh, I'm going to say, uh, yeah, I'm going to say 50-50, honestly. Mm -hmm. I, I think if there's any movie set that could be cursed this one is probably like the closest thing that could be mm -hmm. right because the exorcist like just like the the concept behind it how much like the actual story behind it how much shit was actually happening and the fire is really what what gives me the like the push to put it at 50 50 otherwise mm -hmm. i'd say absolutely not cursed yeah right 
the fire is the big thing for me. That fire that does not touch. Yeah. The, the room. Yeah. Now, the next movie, I think, has a lot more of a chance of you thinking it's going to be cursed. Because mm-hmm. I think there's even more happening than what's, like, the bigger happenings than what happened on The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. So, we got the Omen. And, like, I'm talking the original Omen. Yes. The 1976 version of the Omen. Yes. Now, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen the original. I've seen the remake. Mm-hmm. 2006 one. I haven't seen either. Um, but, Rachel, why don't you tell, tell the audience a little bit about it? So, The Omen is a 1976 supernatural horror film directed by Richard Donner and written by David Seltzer. The film's plot follows Damien Thorne, a young child replaced at birth by his father, unbeknownst to his wife after their biological child dies shortly after birth. As a series of mystery events and violent deaths occur around the, fa- oh, the family, and Damien enters childhood, they learn... They come to learn he is, in fact, the prophesized Antichrist. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we got a movie with, like, the the plot and, like, the, the subject matter. It's got, you know, like, if anything's going to be cursed, that sounds like a good movie to be a cursed set, right? Mm-hmm. Right, like the same thing with The Exorcist. Like, demonic shit seems like it's gonna be gonna be cursed. Yeah. So, fun fact about this though: the remake was released on June sixth, two thousand and six. Oh, like twenty oh six, two thousand six. Six six six, basically. June sixth, two thousand and six. Oh, wait, wait, yeah. Oh, so, oh, six, oh, six. Yeah, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Did they do that on purpose? They did. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know why they did that after what happened with the first one. We gonna find out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So, first of all, actor Gregory Peck right Mm -hmm. right before filming started his son kills himself Mm -hmm. right so we've already got a suicide then we've got an accidental fire starting in the processing lab and it destroys oh that's sorry that one's for the remake whoops uh so 13,500 feet of the omen remakes film including the scene that reveals the identity of the antichrist and the infamous birthmark scene has to be reshot because a fire just gets out of hand and goes nuts. Mm-hmm. So that right there, whoopsie daisy, that was the remake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Melanie's ADHD doesn't put things in order. So, whoops. Mm-hmm. So, on the Omen set, the original, the uh the stump people had it worst of all 
-hmm. So there's an escape from a cemetery scene and there's Rottweilers apparently. So the dogs were trained to attack a stuntman and avoid the main actor, Gregory Peck. Mm -hmm. So they were set loose and they began viciously attacking the stuntman and they went basically way over the top and didn't listen trainer and didn't like didn't stop when commanded to stop and they decimated the protective gear and really severely injured the stuntman <laughs> but he did survive and he and that guy believes the this curse followed him mm -hmm. uh and so he went off that stuntman alf joint he believes that curse followed him he went to work on another film called a bridge too far and he had to jump off a tall building in that that um film and mm -hmm. land on an airbag and it's something he's done a lot but he said he felt like he'd been pushed. Like he got pushed by an unseen force and he ended up unconscious and like woke up in the hospital mm -hmm. afterward. Like, I guess he missed the, the, the like padding he was supposed to hit. Mm -hmm. So, and that film, A Bridge Too Far, is actually comes up again like other people that worked on the omen original mm -hmm. were set to work on that film as well so like and they had accidents mm. accidents quotation marks accidents question marks <laughs> yeah but like funny enough that they were all working they're all going to work on another film mm -hmm. together and then ended up all having accidents again um, so some of the bigger known issues, um, uh, happened like big flashy fucking issues. Uh, there were three airplanes that got hit by lightning that had, uh, people from the, the friggin' movie on it. So first one, and they're all like different times, right? So the first one actor Gregory Peck was on a plane and he, his plane gets hit by lightning mm -hmm. and like the planes are fine, but that happens. And then on a separate day, the uh, David Seltzer, the film's writer is on a plane, plane gets hit by lightning. And this is all crossing the Atlantic as mm -hmm. well. So like same flight route type of thing, like area. Mm -hmm. And then a few weeks later, um, producer a producer named mace newfeld was crossing the atlantic mm -hmm. and got in his plane got hit by lightning okay that's too many planes to be hit by lightning for this to be a coincidence at this point right? all three and like within the time span of like a few weeks and it was all during like the production of the film like or in pr production and post-production right mm -hmm. and okay so that's not the only issue to deal with planes as well with this film so they uh the crew was on a list to hire a local small plane and they were going to shoot some aerial shots for the omen 
Mm -hmm. So at the last minute, they decided to uh, to cancel it, and the the plane was rented out to a group of tourists. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, there was like some gossip that's unsupported, but said that it was like a people on a business trip that ended up offering more money mm-hmm. to take the plane, and that's why the plane got taken by them and not the people from like the Omen crew. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Uh, So the Omen crew were told that they could have the plane, but they'd have to wait until later in the day to film. Mm -hmm. So the plane the crew was supposed to be on crashed. Oh. Yes, with this group of tourists on it. Mm -hmm. So the plane goes up with the tourists on it. Upon takeoff, it flew into a flock of birds. The birds disoriented the crew, obstructed the view, and the plane crashes through the fence and crashes into a car. Kills everyone on the board, on board of the plane. Oh, shit. Right? Weirdest part, the pilot of the plane crashed into a car that had some of his family members into it. <gasps> yes. So, like, the plane didn't go up very high into the sky, right? It's a small plane. <laughs> Probably doesn't have very many people on it. It was only supposed to get some aerial shots for the crew anyway, right? So probably, like, I don't know how many people were on this plane, but, like, let's mm-hmm. assume it's only a small one, 20 people or so, right? So it's, like, a small plane. Mm-hmm. So it's only lifting off far enough that it's, like, hitting a bunch of birds, going through, slams through a fence, lands into a car. Mm-hmm. Right? Lands into the car with the pilot's family members in it. I don't know how close relation the family members were. Um, maybe the family members were just, like, parked in the parking lot. Like, I don't know how close this thing was. But, like, Mm. that's some Final Destination shit. That's, that's not a coincidence anymore. Right? Well, anyway, uh, Peck was supposed to be on the plane. Gregory Peck, like, the main actor that played the father Mm -hmm. of the, of the, like, Antichrist kid Mm -hmm. in The Omen, right? So, like, the main actor. Um, so he was supposed to be on that plane with the crew to get the aerial shots. Anyway. Uh, anyway. So they considered it the omen curse. And it was like, that was what it was called in the media. Mm -hmm. Right? They were like, oh my god, look at this. Three times hit with lightning. And then this plane goes down. Like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. Right? Okay. Okay. Even more, though. Right? There's fucking more. But wait, there's more. (laughs) Oh, wait. (laughs) Right? So, even crazier, there's a film special effects worker named John Richardson. Mm -hmm. So, he designed um, a lot of special effects for the film. And he designs like a classic beheading scene of Jennings. I don't know what character that is. Um, Keith Jennings. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, apparently it's a big scene. Oh, he's a, he's a photographer in the movie. So apparently it's this big, iconic scene. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, he designed that scene. And that's important to note because after the movie was over and he goes off to work on 
another movie called A Bridge Too Far. Oh my God, are you serious? Yes. So John Richardson and his assistant who worked on The Omens with him, Liz Moore, mm -hmm. they go off to Holland after work, like wrapping on The Omen. They go, they're going to work on A Bridge Too Far to work special effects on that. And John Richardson was like in charge of the special effects. And Liz Moore was like the assistant, right? Like uh, assistant to him on that, right? Like, but she also did a lot of work with that. <laughs> but so they go to work on that film. And that is the film that um, that stunt man guy that got put, says he got pushed by an unseen force <laughs> when he was doing that jump after he'd been attacked by the Rottweilers on the Omen set, right? But he'd gone to that film to work as well, right? Mm -hmm. So these guys are driving in a car and they're on the way basically to work, to design things on location in to go to a bridge too far. They get in a head-on collision. Oh my Jesus. Yes. And in the car accident, they, tragic accident, head-on collision, uh, John Richardson survives mm -hmm. in the hospital. He, like, he's knocked unconscious in the hospital, survives, though. Liz Moore gets decapitated when one of the front wheels viciously tore through the floor. Mm-hmm. Mm yeah, so also after Richardson wakes up in the hospital, he noted that he saw a road sign before the accident. Mm -hmm. And guess how far away it said, like what he saw on the sign. 6.66 6 kilometers away. <sighs> Yes. He saw a road sign that said 6.66 kilometers away to whatever location it said. He doesn't remember what the location was or whatever, right? But that's, he saw 6.66 mm -hmm. on there. And he remembers that number before he got knocked unconscious. Now, do you have chills? Okay, that one is definitely cursed. Yeah, right? And then you think about it. No, I didn't do a lot. I didn't do any research really into the remake, but there was a fire on the remake set, which I did mention because mm -hmm. I accidentally wrote it down. Because <laughs> uh, that 13,500 feet of the Omen remakes film set was destroyed by a fire. And the infamous birthmark scene had to be reshot in its entirety because of it. Mm. Right? So I don't, I didn't do any more research into it. I believe there was plane shit happening with the Omen remake as well. But the Omen is cursed as fuck. I don't know, I, I don't know what the fuck is happening with it. But shit's messed up yeah i would say that one 
10 out of 10 cards. There's just like this one, there's too many things that have happened that are a, that, oh my Jesus Christ. Yeah, there's too many, too many dead people. There's too many things that happen for me to sit here and be like, oh, that's coincidence. Like how, like the fact that three people from the, who were working on the movie were in planes that got struck by lightning. Then a plane crashed and killed some people that they were and, supposed to be on. Yeah. Then there was uh, the dogs not listening. Like there's too many things. And this then part. that stunt man goes to work on a movie set. Mm -hmm. That other people then go to work on, but he gets pushed by an unseen force that, like, so he has another accident mm -hmm. that results in him getting injured. But the movie set he goes to is the one that uh, Richardson and Moore are going to when they have that accident that results in her getting decapitated, mm -hmm. which is the iconic scene that Richardson made in The Omen. And yeah. then his, like, assistant gets decapitated right next to him. After he sees 666 on a fucking sign. Yeah, there's just too many things. Right? It's like, it's like mocking. Yeah, shit be cursed. Right? It's like mocking. It's like, ha ha ha, see what you made? Now I made you look. Mm -hmm. It's fucked up. It is. It's messed up big time. Mm -hmm. And... I don't know. I'm not ready to make any decisions about what the fuck is happening, about where it's all coming from, but I'm just saying, shit be cursed. Shit be very cursed. Mm -hmm. If they make an Omens remake or an Omens 2, like, nobody should touch that. Too Omen, too Furious. <laughs> no one go near it. No one go near it. No. I don't even want to watch it now. Like, I don't want to watch the movie Right? I'm like, that. that's like the fucking ring. Mm -hmm. The ring tape at this point, right? It's gotta be. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one thing after another with that. Yeah, that one is definitely, I would definitely say that one's cursed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and there's more. There's more movies, Rachel. There's more, but we, we have more movies. There's more. This might be a super long episode. <laughs> this is going to be a super long episode. Okay. All right. So, Poltergeist. Nine, 1982 movie. Rachel, give us the lowdown. I haven't seen it. I don't know what's about. But I, ghosty boo. I also haven't seen it, actually. But you got that Google, though. Mm -hmm. So, Poltergeist is a 1982 American supernatural horror film. There seems to be a theme, in case you haven't noticed, where it's all a supernatural horror film. Yeah, it seems like when there's the ghosty booze and the demony booze that the shit goes down. Mm -hmm. um, like the so planes. Planes go down. Yeah. Okay, so it's a 1982 American supernatural horror film directed by Toby Hooper and written by Steven Spielberg, my man, Michael Gray, and Mark Victor from a story by Spielberg. Uh, the film focuses on a suburban family whose home is invaded by malevolent ghosts that abduct their youngest daughter. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like the brief 
thing it gives without going into too much detail. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the biggest thing with poltergeist is is not like outside stuff. Because <laughs> I found like with with the exorcist, you had like you had some malfunctions and then you had some like people coming up and being like, oh my god, things are bad. <laughs> and then on the omens, the, the omen you had like planes going down and people dying in poltergeist on that set it's more like the props may be haunted mm -hmm. and we will talk about the props and how they may be haunted right now okay so apparently it was far too realist far too realistic <laughs> <laughs> far too expensive <laughs> to make realistic looking rubber and plastic skeletons. Mm -hmm. So they they used real human skeletons on set. Now why would you do that? Because it's cheap. Apparently it's cheap to buy human bones. Cheaper than, you know, getting rubber and plastic and making it look real. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's cheaper to skin a human. There's just running around everywhere. Okay. <laughs> uh, so they used real, real human skeletons on set for the scene in which actress Jo Beth Williams is pulled into the mud of her swimming pool by a bunch of skeletons. That's lovely. Yeah. Um, jo Beth plays Diane, which I believe is the mom. Okay. Yeah. Yes, okay. she is. Yeah. Diane so. Right there, we've got human, real human bones. Um, nothing really malfunctioned with human bones, but the fact that you've got real human bones as opposed to props, like fakes, right there. Um, now I'm a skeptic, so I don't know much about this stuff, but couldn't there be like you know, like spiritual, like residue or something. Rachel, help. Yeah, there could be like dip. So, my thing with the bones is, does it say where they got them from? No. See, that's concerning. <laughs> um, I'm not saying that these film directors were grave robbers <laughs> but i'm also not not saying that they might have been grave robbers <laughs> or if they got them from like you know medical schools or morgues you don't know what happened to that body and that's a little concerning because you don't know what type of energy is left on that exactly so you don't know if that skeleton was donated willingly. Exactly. You also don't know how that skeleton died. If they died a peaceful death, if they died a tragic death. And like most of the times, if there's something attached to it, it's because they went in an unrestful way. Mm-hmm. 
Like, you know, if there's a traumatic, like, if... That's why a lot of, like, war battlefields are haunted. Because a lot of them, they went in a restless way. Yeah. And same with, like, you know, crashes or something. Or murders or anything like that. Or even suicides. A lot of those ones might be restless because depending on... Yeah, yeah, violent and abrupt. Yeah, and depending on your religious affiliation, some of them believe that suicide is a sin and you don't get let into heaven, so you're kind of stuck in purgatory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I had a cough. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a bad one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's I, been really... Warm and muggy here in the weather's just messing up my like congestion and everything, you know. So <laughs> I felt the real guilt in that cough. Yeah, like the self hatred. <laughs> I can say that because I was raised Catholic. You were raised. You felt? Did you feel the like you have to do your hail hall hail marys now because of that? Yeah, I only say that now, like, if I'm in a life or death situation. I'm like, please help. (laughs) (laughs) It's bad. (laughs) (laughs) Your, what, your Catholic guilt, or? (laughs) No, 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 no. I don't have that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No, no, I do feel bad sometimes. It's like, I only, I don't have, like, like, I'm agnostic, Mm -hmm. is how I would put, you know, what my religious affiliation is, right? Mm -hmm. I'm agnostic. Mm -hmm. Because I don't have enough, like, energy or, like, real motivation to go, like, I'm an atheist or Mm -hmm. I believe in X, Y, and Z. So I just say agnostic, Mm -hmm. right? Because I really just can't choose, Mm -hmm. right? But I really have no beliefs of any kind in spiritual stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of like, eh. Even though I was raised Catholic, mm-hmm. I definitely would say I'm not Catholic. I would rebel against Catholicism. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if if I uh, am very fearful for my life or when, you know, Eli is sick, I do say a Hail Mary just because I'm like, please save my dog. <laughs> Catholic, I swear. <laughs> um, I I fall more along of just the spiritual is how I describe it. Because mm-hmm. I believe there is something. And that's kind of about it. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I believe in like the par- the supernatural and all those things. So I believe there is something, whether or not it is a being. And also I grew up in the church Mm -hmm. i'm not catholic don't worry i don't have catholic guilt (laughs) Uh, neither do i but you know (laughs) but yeah i grew up in the church going to church up until i was like 18 or whatever so yeah i just say i'm spiritual because i believe there is something and i the what i believe doesn't really align with any of the traditional quote-unquote religions yeah same yeah same for the like i don't really fit in any of the traditional religions Mm -hmm. i don't like the 
the boundaries? No, I don't like the boundaries and I don't like a lot of, we're getting real Ooh. deep here. I don't like a lot of what they stand for because there are certain things, particularly especially that have come out about the church that I grew up in that me as a person now who's had life experience and have met different people that I don't agree with because that's not part of my morals and ethics as a person. I don't know anything about that church that have come out. Oh, they recently, this was in the summer, they made, uh, there was a whole thing. So we're, I guess we're going to get into this. All right. We're going to get into this. <laughs> um <laughs> Now I, I will see how I'll see how I feel when I edit this if I want to take this out or not. Um, they so this was during the summer when there's pride and everything, um, and I consider myself an ally. Mm-hmm. And my church, one of the not the ones that I went to, but they made a statement saying that they didn't want that parade to be on their grounds because that's not something that they support. They didn't support that lifestyle. Oh. And some people that I know who are like the, we call them officers, but like your equivalent of your pastors or preachers in Mm -hmm. other denominations, they tried to make statements to kind of refute that church that particular one mm-hmm. and it just kind of made things worse ah uh, so this this they have made these comments long before then like they made these comments back in like 2011 2012 so i stopped and also i had a personal experience where i just didn't feel welcome anymore because i hadn't been consistently going and i felt very judged for not being able to consistently go mm-hmm but they made these comments before saying that they don't support that lifestyle. And I do support that lifestyle because I think you can love whoever the hell you want and you can do whatever the hell you want. Yeah, to be you. Exactly. And however you're born. Exactly. So I, I just, I don't agree with that. And this is kind of my issue. I can't really go to somewhere that doesn't align with how I view these things. Yeah. Yeah. That was one part of the reason why I, as a child, diverted from that, like, beliefs of Catholicism very quickly, right? Like, I was, like, seeing a lot of things, like, as a kid, they were like, you, you have to do with X, Y, and Z. We believe this, this, and this. And I'm like, but why? Like, why can't this person love this person? Or why can't this and this and this and like not just you know like gay rights and stuff right but there were many other things as a child I was just like very I'm just very curious minded anyway and very like argumentative and anything and I'm like no I have this opinion and you're not going to tell me that's not a right opinion. Like that's the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. Right. So like I'm indecisive on some things, but like when I have an opinion, get the fuck out of my way. Mm -hmm. Right. So (laughs) no fucking things like was changing my mind on that. Yeah. 
I I turned 18 and on when I, I turned 18, my 18th birthday, I went up to my mom and I was like, so I'm not going to church anymore with you guys. And uh, that didn't go over well, but uh, <laughs> I didn't go to church anymore. Yeah, my, I kind of, for me, I think it was just, I was going when I first went to university. And then, like I said, after that one incident, I just didn't go. And every now and then my mom would be like, oh, are you going to church? I'd be like, no. Mm-hmm. She'd kind of be like, oh, and I'd be like, yeah, I'm not going anymore. And I don't think I ever told my parents exactly why, but I think like my, they're smart. They kind of probably figured it out by that point that I was just, there were things that I support because I'm very vocal about what I support a lot of the times on Facebook um, that I think they probably were like, okay, this makes sense why she's not going anymore. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this is our stance on religion. This got very deep. (laughs) All because we're talking about skeletons. No, because we're talking about skeletons. But yeah, I mean, I could talk for days on my issues with religion and organized religion and everything, but we will not do that today. (laughs) This is not the episode. This is not the episode for that. I also don't have the mental capacity today to do that because I ran my biggest account and it takes me like two hours to audit it. So yeah, (laughs) there's over 2000 employees on this account. So yeah. Yeah. So Okay. As I mentioned before we started recording, my brain is literally just like, eat my ass like a chupacabra. Show me where you piss from. Show me where you piss from. <laughs> I gotta refocus. I gotta refocus. I gotta refocus. Okay, skeletons. Skeletons. Yeah. Poltergeist. Poltergeist. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Curse, curse, curse. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, there's a scene in the movie. Uh, there's a clown puppet and it gets possessed and it strangles the Freeling's young son, Robbie. Mm -hmm. And during the filming of the scene, the puppet is a the clown puppet's mechanical and it was created to simulate the strangulation, um, so that it wouldn't have to be like puppeted by people. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, it malfunctions during the filming and it actually starts to choke the child actor. Oh. Yeah. And writer-producer Steven Spielberg, Mr. Hero Man, has to jump in and rescue the child actor from the inanimate attacker. Mm. Yes. So a supposedly uh what's supposed to be a possessed clown puppet for the movie starts acting possessed is it raising some red flags no no uh steven spielberg being mr hero raising some red flags maybe he planned it so he can be the hero my thoughts exactly your Same Honor, I want to submit Steven Spielberg into the <laughs> He tampered with said clown and caused it so he can be a hero. Okay, so there were many issues of prop malfunctions on the set. Like, 
random shit that just wouldn't work. So, like, they had to have, like, um, things just running long, 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 long hours because Mm -hmm. they had to just wait around for things that were supposed to be running mechanically that they just couldn't make work. Like, things that were working fine before filming, like, the day before when they were testing them out, and then they get ready to film on the day of, not fucking working. Mm -hmm. Right? So, things just being, like, spooky, glitching out, stuff like that. Right? Mm -hmm. So, two cast members of Poltergeist and another two from the sequels faced untimely strange deaths after finishing the films. Mm. Two from each. So, it's an odd enough and a tragic coincidence to become an inextricable part of the film's cultural identity. According to such an article that I've read. Did they say what was the cause of the untimely deaths? I don't know, Rachel. That wasn't in the article. Okay. We can look it up. Poltergeist dead people. (laughs) (laughs) I was taking a drink when you said that. (coughs) (laughs) I don't know what song this is, but it sounds like a mix of like the Harry Potter Quidditch music. Oh my god, I think it is. Don't sue us, Warner Brothers. Okay, so Carol Ann Freeling. Mm-hmm. That is the character. Um, she's six year old. That's the um, little girl that is yeah, like l- there. Yeah. So she's played by an actress named Heather O'Rourke. She's six years old at the time the film is released. Um, little blonde girl, real, real cute little blonde girl. Um, she was misdiagnosed with Crohn's disease in '87. Mm-hmm. And she dies the following year. Oh. Um, so she falls ill in 87. No, wait. So she missed, she's misdiagnosed in 87. Um, in 88, she falls ill um, and her symptoms uh, get attributed to the flu. Mm-hmm. And then she collapses and suffers cardiac arrest. Oh, at six. Oh, my God. No, well, that would be technically. No, she's six at, in 82 when the film was released. Mm-hmm. So that would have been 87. So that's five years later. So that's she's 11. Yeah. So, yeah. And then she's airlifted to the hospital where she's saved from the cardiac arrest but dies during an operation to correct a bowel obstruction Mm. and she was it was later believed that she had been suffering from congenital intestinal abnormality oh yeah so that's one child from the first movie that died Mm -hmm. now dominique dunn who played the older the original older sister Dana freeling Mm -hmm. in the, the first poltergeist movie uh, she dies as well. Mm. 
Yeah. She, so she separates from her partner, um, John Sweeney, in 1982. Mm-hmm. In November of that year, he showed up at Dunn's house pleading for her to take him back. When she refused, he grabbed her neck, choked her until she was unconscious, and left her to die in her home driveway. Oh, shit. He was sentenced to six and a half years in prison, but was released after three years and seven months. Oh, I'm sorry. That doesn't seem long enough for a death sentence. Sorry, not death sentence for a murder charge. Yeah, yeah, it should be a death sentence. (laughs) How long is she dead for? That's what I'd like to know. Oh, forever? Then that's how long you should be in prison for. You should be in prison for 25 to life. Yeah. I think you murder someone, you should be in prison for however long they're dead for. Which is for If you can bring them back, you can come out. Okay, they're alive. You can come out now. Oh, wait, you died in prison? Aw, dang. Aw, too bad. Man, it's so sad. Suck on a lollipop. Yeah, you can come out when you are alive again. Oh, wait, we're not going to bring you back? Aw, sad. Oh, yeah, you didn't pay for the, the, the like, uh, resurrection uh, fee, so oops. Oopsie. Um, okay, so. A resurrection fee. Yeah, you didn't hear that part? <laughs> I heard it and it didn't register when you first said it because I was like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that's the tax you pay the government. <laughs> <laughs> that hasn't been implemented yet, I don't think. <laughs> Only the rich pay it. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, why they, that's why they go into cryo. Ah, all right. That's why Walt Disney is frozen. Oh, yes, we saw that. He's paid the resurrection fee. paid the resurrection fee. <laughs> okay. Does so, that make tax exempt if they pay the resurrection fee? Yeah, it's, it's, you get a deductible. Oh, you get, a, you get to claim it on your income tax return, sweet. <laughs> yeah, all, they have rich accountant people for that. Like, they have special accounts for the rich. Yeah, they have uh, so because that like real like regular people accountants aren't supposed to know about it. No, they're not. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're gonna be like sniped at any <laughs> moment right now. Our FBI, NSA uh, agents, we're about to be swatted. <laughs> yeah, they're, you're gonna we're gonna hear get on the ground now. <laughs> Okay, okay. Poltergeist 2. Okay, the sequel. They had two deaths. Mm-hmm. So, Julian Beck and Will Sampson. Those are the two um, actors that died from the sequel. So, uh, they were not as unpredictable or mysterious. Mm-hmm. So, the evil preacher Kane from Poltergate... <laughs> Poltergeist... <laughs> Poltergate. Poltergeist. No, like Poltergate, like Watergate. Poltergate. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> the evil preacher Kane from Poltergeist 2 was played by Julian Beck. In 83, Beck had been diagnosed with stomach cancer, which took his life soon after he finished work on the second installment of the series. 
Same film met with his further tragedy after Will Sampson, who played Taylor, the Native American shaman, died after undergoing a heart-lung transplant, which had a very slim survival rate. So those ones sound like normal deaths. Yeah. Uh, Other strange things that happened on set. Cast deaths were not the only agents of the curse's proliferation. Oh my god, who was going for their master's thesis over here? Right? As other peculiar and creepy legends surround the film franchise. Oh yeah, all this shit I already knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speak. So, do you watch Family Guy? Just out of curiosity. Uh not since I was like um, eighteen. Okay. Um, but there's a. I think it's one of their Halloween ones, where they do like a poltergeist spoof. Okay. And it's like. The same concept. Well, it starts off as, like, Peter finds... Oh, my a- God. I haven't watched Family Guy since I was Catholic. Like, by force, but I was Catholic. Oh. Okay. Hmm. All right. Catholic by force. That's my... That's going to be the name of my memoir. Catholic by force. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. My mom will love it. <laughs> I'm sure your mom will love it, yeah. But um, they do a spoof. Of the polter of poltergeist, mm-hmm. and um, it starts off. Peter finds a Native American skull, mm-hmm. and he uses it as a cup. Oh God! So then he brings it into the house, and the stuff starts happening with like the TV, and like the the poltergeist goes after Stewie, mm-hmm. and the only way to get into where Stewie is, Lois, so she can rescue him, is through Meg's butt. Oh, Jesus. So she has to go in through Meg's butt to rescue Stewie. Oh, no. Oh. Oh, my. That's so stupid. Yeah. Because there's just a scene where Meg is literally just, like, bent over and, like, Lois just jumps into her butt. Oh, family guy. <laughs> so problematic. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Let's move on. Oh, wait, we haven't said. Poltergeist. Uh, cursed? Nah. Well, they say the first, cursed is the worst, second is the best. Third is the one with the hairy chest. Yeah. Uh, no, not cursed. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Not. Absolutely. Just sad. Yeah. It's yeah. it's just like, make your props better and uh, spend a little bit more money. Uh, Steven rolling in money Spielberg. Yeah. And, Steven uh, buy money. some good props and not like skin some humans. Okay? Thank mm-hmm. you. Like, okay. ew. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, we're moving on now. Yes. To the Amityville Horror. Did you look... I just want to clarify to make sure I have the right one up. The 1979 one? Yeah, we're going to talk about that one and its sequel. Okay. But the majority of what we're talking about is the original. Okay. So I have not seen it. I have also not seen it. Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't even know what it was until I started looking, and then it said something about Ed and Lorraine Warren, Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And uh, honestly, I it said Amityville Horror, and I was like, Rocky Horror Picture Show? <laughs> I don't know why I see Amityville Horror, and I just go, Rocky Horror Picture Show? <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, that's the exact same thing. I don't know why. Um, I have... I haven't seen it, but I've heard of it because another podcast I listen to, and that's why we drink. One of the hosts covers the Amityville horror because she talks about, um, sorry, they talk about Ed and Lorraine Warren and what happened with it and the spooks behind it. Ah, uh, and now every time you say the word horror, I hear whore. <laughs> Just saying. The Amityville whore. The Amityville whore. She's such a whore, that hussy. So now I, I feel like I need to say horror. Horror. Horror <laughs> movies. The horror. Talking about that horror. That horror. Horror. You could just drop the H all together and say horror. Horror. Amityville horror. <laughs> Amityville horror. No, that's <laughs> Rocky Horror Picture Show movies. <laughs> I don't know why that equates to the same thing in my head. I don't know. Your mind it's very different. Your mind does wonderful, horrible things. <laughs> my brain is just constantly playing a word association game. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, okay, Rachel, tell us a bit about a movie. Okay, so the Amityville, Amityville Horror is a 1979 American supernatural horror film directed by Stuart Rosenberg. James Brolin and Margot Kiddo star as a young couple who purchase a home haunted by combative supernatural forces. Oh. The film is based on Jay Anson's 1977 book, The Amityville Horror, and is the first entry in the Amityville Horror film series. A remake was produced in 2005. Okay. Also, James Brolin, fun fact, plays Thanos in Infinity War and Endgame. Yeah, and my mom is, like, in love with him. Why? Because, is it him? Hold on. Let me Google him. Yes, Google him. I may have him mixed up with someone. I totally have him mixed up with someone. <laughs> I oh, do. Or, no, it's Josh Brolin that plays Thanos, not James Brolin. I also have him mixed up with someone. <laughs> oh, hold on. Yes, Josh Brolin plays Thanos. Not James Brolin. I don't know who James Brolin is. Okay, you, you know, have you ever seen the the movie Mamma Mia? Yes. You know, um, Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> oh, okay. I had to look at the cast. My mom has a thing for Pierce Brosnan. Okay. And I'm mixing him up with James Brolin slash Josh Brolin slash oh all the other fucking names you just said. But uh, yeah, Pierce Brosnan, my mom okay. has my mom has the hots for him. I know why I thought he played Thanos because James is Josh's father. Ah. That's why. Okay. I also thought Pierce Brosnan played Thanos. No. Well, then again, I thought James Brolin played Thanos, so who knows? Who play? Who knows who plays Thanos at this point? Because I thought their names were the same. They are not, apparently. I thought they were the same person. I thought that was his name. No. And then, like, I thought Under the Purple 
face masky shit and like all the CGI that 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 was him. Mm-hmm. But oops, oops. Uh, well, you know, I, I don't know. The listeners don't know this, but I can't tell the difference between Tom Hanks and uh, Bill Murray if you put them side by side. You can't. You don't. Rem- <laughs> you don't know this, Rachel. No. <laughs> I've talked about this. Do you remember the Jenna and Julian podcast? How how he can't tell the difference between like Julia Roberts and Sandra Bullock and Anne Hathaway. Oh my yeah. god! Okay, and oh. I told you about how I can't do that. Male actors. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I can't tell. The- so I know the difference between Tom Hanks and like Bill Murray, like career wise. Mm-hmm. And um, if you put them. I don't know if you put them right next to each other. Maybe I could, actually. But if you show me a picture of one or the other, I probably can't tell the difference. Oh, most God. of the time. Okay. Um. There's a there's a lot of like male actors like that that I just can't tell the difference. Mm-hmm. And some females as well. Females a little bit better though because like lots of different hairstyles, different hair colors, um, a lot more differences. I find right, but. Men, like, they all fucking look the same, okay? All men look the same, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Okay? Don't at me about it, but okay? A lot of white men just look the same. I mean, you're not wrong. I'll say this of- as a white woman. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell the difference. <laughs> I think I have a problem with, like, recognizing people's faces. You have the same problem Julian has. I also have trouble recognizing people like if I meet people I like I've met someone for like once Mm -hmm. I don't recognize them again sometimes like until I've met them a few times to get to know what they look like Mm -hmm. unless it really sticks in my mind Mm -hmm. especially men because unless they're like really good looking or something but like Mm -hmm. like really like distinctive or something but like most of the time, it just doesn't click. Yeah. And it's very rare that I even find someone really attractive right off the bat anyway. Because usually, like, I have to have, like, a like an emotional or, like, a like a personality type of click. As, as, actually. as Melanie is demisexual. I think. That's what that is. Because, you know, like, y- yeah, that's the word for it. Yeah. But, like, who knows at this point? Because I can't make decisions. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. We'll come back to this at a later date. We will. We will come back to this. <laughs> but, yeah. I have, like, face blindness or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, she yeah, you, you know what? We have discussed the face blindness, I think. Yeah. Like, not in the podcast sense, but I think just in our everyday lives. At some lives. point, you acted way too shocked for this. <laughs> Fucking actress over there. What can I say? Look, gasp. I'm talented. <laughs> Maybe this whole thing is an act. Maybe <sighs> my whole life has been an act to you. Well, I am pretty sure about my theory that you are a Russian sleeper agent. I 
Let's just move on. <laughs> we got to get into this Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's totally the movie we're doing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Frank Inferter. <laughs> I've got drunk migraine brain. Okay, we gotta wrap this up. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna be giggling about people dying, so we need to wrap this up. We should. Okay. <laughs> Oh, then. <laughs> I need to breathe. Oh. Oh. Oh, okay. Oh. Stop it. I just read gruesome mass murder. <laughs> take a sip of my drink and I'm like okay get it together get it together and then I read gruesome mass murder and I just I just started again <laughs> okay I got it I got it all right are we good We're not good but sure collected <sighs> not sure what we're collecting but okay we're collecting brain cells yeah I don't have many of those to deal no, with at the moment either. Yeah, one, two, got them all. Yeah, like I said, my last two were singing that. Show me where you did piss from. <laughs> okay. All right. Did we, we, we did the synopsis, right? Yes, yeah. Okay. Okay, so both the original and the sequel for this movie were allegedly haunted. Uh, so we're using the word allegedly pretty heavily. According to the articles I read. Mm -hmm. So the movie follows the investigations of Ed and Lorraine Warren. Mm -hmm. Who were the supernatural investigators who, you know, most people know them. Who aren't, like, involved with knowing anything about, like, supernatural. Know them from, like, the film franchise The Conjuring. Mm -hmm. uh, but they were supernatural, like, paranormal investigators. They have a museum. They collect, uh, like, paranormal shit mm -hmm. <laughs> at this point. Right? And uh, so they did an investigation into a scene of a gruesome mass murder in the Am Amityville horror in that movie. Mm -hmm. um, so that follows that. And, okay, so... They believe that the paranormal activity documented during the filming was hyped up for profit's sake. But some of the records apparently can't be explained. Mm. So, on the set, crew members who were filming often found themselves jolted awake at 3.15 precisely in the morning. Mm. And that's precisely the time the original Amityville killings occurred. So, 
multiple crew members had that happen mm -hmm. and all happening waking up at that exact time with no like no alarm set nothing spontaneously like doing that like no sounds or anything making them wake up mm -hmm. just like waking up checking the time and going oh shit right so that being like a little spooky thing mm -hmm. and uh during the shooting of the film the body of a dead fisherman washed up along the shore near the set. Mm. Yeah. So just like a, a, like a dead fisherman, just a body, dead body washes up on set. Just like, hello. Hello, real life corpse. Hello world. I am a corpse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like a uh, Steven Spielberg would be like, Oh my God, prop. <laughs> Like, We're okay, so lucky. We just gotta wait for this to decompose a bit, and then we can bleach the bones and use them. <laughs> no, Spielberg would be like, "Oh my God, we don't have to to get a fake body now." Oh no! Do you know how bad that would smell after a while? Spielberg wouldn't care. Potentially, don't at me. <laughs> Allegedly, Steven Spielberg, don't sue. Us. Hypothetically, <laughs> for comedic purposes only. This is legally speaking <laughs> for legal purposes. This is a joke. <laughs> legally speaking, Schmiegen Schmiegelberg would use the body on set. <laughs> if you have, oh any my god, a tax break <laughs> <laughs> and media publicity that'll also bring in revenue. You can contact my lawyer if you have any concerns. So I'll give you. And my lawyer is Melanie, so you can contact Melanie if you have any concerns. Schmeven Melanie. Schmeenberg. Her Melanie. Schmelanie. Ginn. Schmelanie Ginn. Okay. Of Schmaginnish Manumanunum. Of Schmishmackin of, um, of, um, oh my god, Schma- Oh, fucking, I can't. The place you used to work. I can't come up with a with a fake name for that. Oh, don't don't do that. No, no, no. That place doesn't exist. We don't we don't talk about that place. We don't talk about Bruno. No, no, no. Okay. Fisherman Fisherman boy was not the only dead body. Mm-hmm. So Kathy Lutz, who owns the real Amityville home, died shortly before the shooting session started. Oh. Yeah. And then her husband died in 2005 while he was trying to sue over the movie rights during the remake. Oh. Yeah, when they were creating the remake, he dies. When he's in the middle of suing them over the movie rights interesting yeah and isn't that strange that two of the original amityville homeowners die during two separate instances of the film productions the original and in the remake mm -hmm. right interesting. a little strange and schmiegen schmielberg wasn't even there to weekend at bernie's it <laughs> <laughs> he was not. No. 
He was too busy probably making jaws or something. Yeah, probably with, like, the bones of dead people to puppet the shark. <laughs> <laughs> he was puppeting a dead shark. He, he probably made it out of human skin because shark skin was too, you know, you know, too expensive. <laughs> yeah, he just probably, like, spray painted it gray. <laughs> shark looks so weird in jaws. Again, it was Schmiegen Schmielberg. Yes. And the movie was Maz. Not not that other movie with a shark called Jaws. Yes. Yeah. One was was with a it was Maz, you know? Maz. It's it's about a shark with a big maw. Like a big mouth, you know? A shark with a big underbite. <laughs> <laughs> and he's sensitive about it. He's yeah. sensitive because all the other sharks have like overbites mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah he has an underbite he's like man guys <laughs> where are we going to get some people and they're like oh my god freddy is so weird have you seen his underbite like who even has that no one's had that since like the prehistoric age yeah we got rid of that like evolutionized out of our fucking genetic chromosomes and everything like darwin decided it wasn't useful so we got rid of it mm -hmm. in darwin's name we pray <laughs> <laughs> Our Lord and Savior, Charles Darwin. <laughs> okay. Um, so, uh, what do you think about uh, the Amityville Horror? Is it is it cursed? I'm going to say 25-25. And 75 is? 75, yes. 25, no. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Because I thought you were going to go 75, no. No, it's just the dead body thing is a little weird. The crew waking up at the same time is a little weird. The two deaths is a little weird when it's related to it. double really did it for you, huh? Yeah, yeah. You see what I did there? Yeah. You see what I did? I did. I, I did see. You're not going to give me a little giggle? He. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, I'll, I'll give you. I can give you a little giggle. I'll give you a little no. giggle. That feels so cheap. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. It's so cheap. It's so sad. I don't have a soundboard. I don't have any buttons to press to make you feel sad about yourself. Okay. <gasps> But your words cut deep like a knife because you make lawyers cry. I've never seen them cry. Don't matter. You said you've made them cry. I don't remember saying that. 
you've said you've, you've gaslit them and they've questioned their whole existence, so they probably went home and cried. I don't say that. And they I said I did some gaslighting. And they were like in the I shower, like light gaslighting. Like they're, they're light they're, gaslighting. They're in the shower, like, why did I become a lawyer? No, I, I didn't say any of that. I said some light gaslighting. Yeah, yeah, that's still gaslighting. Yeah, I light, light gaslighting. I didn't say anything about making them cry in the shower, okay? Listen, I'm telling you what happens after they experience the light gaslighting. They go home and they cry. Yeah, well, they should do it in front of me. (laughs) (laughs) We're off topic, okay? Um, You said 75-25 cursed. I'm thinking not so cursed, okay? There's not enough. I need more meat. I need more meat and potatoes in this cursed, okay? I think it's just like meh. So what you're saying is you need more dead bodies to wash up on shore. Got it. Yeah, and I need Schmegan Schmielberg to be there and be like, this is so great. We're we're blessed. We got free props. (laughs) The sea has blessed us (laughs) with its bounty. Blessed us be our Lord and Savior, Charles Darwin. We gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta go give an offering to our Lord and Savior, Charles Darwin. <laughs> up next, we've had many a bird show up on these movie sets. They've shown up. They've taken down planes. They've started fires. But now they are the star of a movie. I don't know what the movie's about, so I don't know. All the crows have eyes. <laughs> it's the title of the movie, The Crow. I have never heard of this one. I've only heard of the name. (laughs) The Crow. From 1994. A year after we were born. The year my sister was born. Your sister doesn't matter. She's not (gasps) on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) This is about you and me, Rachel. And our old bodies. (laughs) And our our Lord and Savior, Charles Darwin. (laughs) And nobody else. we're losing our minds Uh, yeah we are oh okay tell us about the crow rachel so i was kind of surprised that this one's on the list the crow is a 1994 american superhero film Oh. Directed by Alex Proyas, written by David J. Shaw and John Shirley. It's a it's superhero movie? It's a superhero film. What? Yeah. That's crazy. I know. So it stars Brandon Lee in his final film appearance as Eric Draven, a murdered music- musician who was resurrected to avenge his death and that of his fiance. Mm-hmm. So Brandon Lee is uh Bruce Lee's son. 
Oh. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So one thing, though, that does tie into this whole supernatural thing is um, his, I guess his uh, superhero is, uh, he becomes a supernatural gothic avenger that vows to seek revenge on his attackers. So is he Batman? Mm, the Crow. Okay. He's Crow Man. Okay. Pretty much. Crow Boy? Boy Crow. Man Crow. Man Who Crows. <laughs> man and Dances Soon with he crow. becomes Man Who Croaks. Man Who Dances with Crows. Soon he becomes Man Who Croaks, Rachel. Oh. It's bad, but I had to go for it. Yeah, it's fine. It is. Okay. So, we'll get to his death. But, from the very beginning, filmmakers showed up on set to a voicemail message that said that bad things would happen if they made this movie. Mm. Right? So ominous voicemail message. Mm -hmm. Creepy as shit, right? It's like, it's like some scream level shit, right? But like if scream was real, right? Like, so ghost faces on the phone, he's like, mm -hmm. Sydney, don't make the movie. What are you wearing? It's not good enough. Mm -hmm. Right? And then you've got, but before long, right? Going on. First day of shooting. Boom. Something's happening. There's an electrician. He's backing up a cherry picker truck. Mm -hmm. And he hits the high tension wire on the power lines above him. Mm -hmm. And he electrocutes himself. And he catches on fire. <laughs> yeah. So this is day one of the shoot. And so he gets rushed to the hospital. Uh, production gets shut down for that day, obviously, because uh, someone caught fucking on fire. And uh, he's treated for second and third degree burns. Mm -hmm. uh, he survives, but his ears don't. They have to be removed. Interesting. Yeah. And so after that, so production starts to go again. Mm -hmm. uh, after that, a hurricane destroys the crow's backlot set. And just like completely destroys it. And so rumors start to spread through the media about a curse. Um on the crow's set mm -hmm. and then they don't know where the curse is coming from and the media starts to speculate whether the curse is attributed to brandon lee and his family because bruce lee his father died under mysterious circumstances and mm -hmm. it's thought there was a family curse Ooh. yeah and then there's also speculation about whether that was a curse that the crow had on the on the actual set of the movie as well, right? Like, so like the media was speculating: is it is it a set curse? Is it a curse of uh, you know the family? Who knows? 
right? Mm -hmm. Now, get to Brandon Lee. So prior, like leading up to Brandon Lee's death mm -hmm. and going through the movie, Lee reportedly had been acting a little fucking weird. And by weird, I mean acting like his normal fucking weird self. Okay. And, like, he was a little bit of a weirdo anyway. But he also was saying weird shit. That was a little <laughs> bit out of normal, right? So he kept telling people that his family was cursed. He thought he was going to die soon. <laughs> And he kept telling people that during the filming. So, and like people on set and stuff, right? So like, it was already like weird. So they were shooting a scene and he walks into the room. Um, his character walks into the room, discovers his fiance is being beaten and assaulted. And a character who's... The character's named Fun Boy shoots him. And, like, mm -hmm. that's what's supposed to happen. So, apparently, there was a dummy round in that was lodged in the barrel of the gun. And when they loaded the gun with blank rounds to simulate gunfire, the dummy round that was stuck in the barrel that no one knew about was able to be pushed out. And was able to fire at the same velocity as a real bullet. Mm -hmm. And it struck Lee in the chest. And he later died at the hospital. And he had been telling everybody that he thought he was going to die. He thought this, that he wasn't uh, going to survive. That like, like, not the day of this. Mm -hmm. But like throughout filming, like he thought this was going to be his last movie. Mm. Yeah, he said that at one point. Like, that's how fucked up this got, right? And they were like, uh, what? Like, are you retiring from acting? And he's like, no, I think I'm going to die soon. Mm. And people were like, uh, 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 you sick? And he's like, no, my family's cursed. And they're like, uh, 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 I'm sorry? And like, don't know how they, they don't know how to react to that, right? Like, how do you react to someone telling you weird shit like that? Mm -hmm. So, um, so he dies, and uh, they had to rewrite the whole script because his character wasn't done, mm -hmm. right? And then they had to film the rest of the movie to finish off to actually put out the end of the film, like to put out the rest of the film fully done because he was the main character mm -hmm. so is it cursed hmm. <laughs> i don't know that one's tough well i'll put it this way is the crow cursed or was brandon lee and his family cursed that's still a tough one yeah, so was it a curse? Because it reminds me of, oh my god, um, 
I want to look up also how Bruce Lee died. Because I don't know how Bruce Lee died. Oh my god. I think it was... What is the name of that actor? But you heard that story earlier this year where a production assistant got yeah. shot on set because there was a mix-up with the prop guns. Mm-hmm. This is what this reminds me of. So I don't know if it's one of those, like, shit happens, it's a shitty thing, or if it's because he was going around saying those. I didn't know. I also did not know Bruce Lee was dead. This is news to me. I didn't either. Oh, uh, some believe Bruce Lee was killed by Chinese gangsters. Others say he was poisoned. And still others say he died while in... Well, in the act of sexual intercourse with a mistress. <laughs> Hot. So there's a whole bunch of different rumors about how he died. Oh, he died. Oh. 32. 1973. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so let's look up about Brandon Lee, Death the Crow. He had two kids, Brandon and Shannon. So here's, okay, so the Wikipedia for Bruce Lee Mm -hmm. said that he collapsed during an automatic dialogue replacement session for Enter the Dragon. Uh, He's having seizures and headaches, and he was diagnosed with the cerebral edema. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so the headache and the cerebral edema that occurred in the first collapse were later repeated on the day of his death. So he complained of a headache. Um, his colleague gave him some painkillers, lit down for a nap, didn't come down for dinner. Um, produce, the producer, Richard Chow, Raymond Chow, sorry, came to wake him up, but he couldn't wake him before he couldn't wake him so when he arrived at the hospital he was declared dead on arrival mm-hmm. so there's no visible external injuries autopsy reports report lee's brain had swollen considerably from 100 from 1400 to 1575 grams which is 13 percent in increase uh, in 2005, Raymond Chow stated that Lee died from an allergic reaction to the tranquilizer mebapromate, the main ingredient in equagisic. Oh equi, equi, <laughs> I don't know what that is. Chow, Chow described as an ingredient commonly used in painkillers. Oh, okay. When the doctors announced Lee's death. It was officially ruled a death by misadventure. Oh, yeah, then the bunch of rumors uh, involved the triad, supposed curse, rumors persist to this day. Um, so a Scotland Yard forensic scientist did the autopsy, and his was the cerebral edema with a reaction to the medication he'd taken. Mm-hmm. Hmm, interesting. So there's more stuff about it. In a 2018 biography, author Matthew Polly consulted with medical experts and theorized that the cerebral edema that killed Lee had been caused by overexertion and heat stroke. 
Heat stroke was not considered at the time because it was then a poorly understood condition. Furthermore, Lee had his underarm sweat glands removed in late 1972 in the apparent belief that underarm sweat was unphotogenic on film. <laughs> Polly further theorized that this caused Lee's body to overheat while practicing in hot temperatures on May 10th and July 20th, 1973, resulting in heat stroke that in turn exasperated the cerebral edema that led to his death. Wow. Also didn't know that you could remove sweat glands. That's interesting. Yeah. That sounds gross. Sounds very painful as well. I also found more information on the crow. Okay. Yeah. So apparently there's a lot more information about accidents. Oh. First day of shooting, live wire caught fire Mm -hmm. and burned a crew member, giving him second and third degree burns. So that's that. Uh, that's in addition to that truck. Mm-hmm. On the third night, a prop truck also caught fire, but the cause of the spontaneous combustion was unclear and never reported. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a stuntman fell through the rooftop of the set and broke multiple ribs. Uh Another thing, a crew member in the arts department experienced a screwdriver go through his hand. Mm. Oh, and later a deranged sculptor. (laughs) That's how it's said here. A deranged sculptor drove his car through the set. Oh. Yeah. And then it talks about Hurricane Emily hit North Carolina with record flooding and freezing temperatures and destroyed the set. And a set a, like destroyed the set again because they had multiple fires, right? And now this hurricane with the flooding. Uh, so they were behind, way, way, way behind schedule. And then... Brandon Lee's death, which, yes, there's a whole bunch of preventable mishaps because they basically cut corners, right? Um, They said, first, the weapons master for the film was sent away for the day, and the prop master filled the 44 caliber gun used in the scene with blanks without checking the barrel. Mm -hmm. When the actor playing Fun Boy... Michael Massey fired at Lee from very close range. The bullet, the bullet pierced the actor before hitting the stem of his aorta, mortally wounding him. After a series of unsuccessful blood transfusions, Lee passed away. Uh, apparently the death of Brandon Lee haunted Michael Massey for the rest of his life until he died in 2016. Mm-hmm. He felt extremely guilty and even refused to watch the film after his release. Mm-hmm. He apparently took off time from acting for many years and said that, like, he, you don't get over something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's based on a comic book. Yeah. By James O'Barr. And James has a quote here saying, losing Lee was like losing his fiance all over again, and he regretted ever writing the comic in the first place. You know, um, I'm looking at a picture of Brandon Lee in the the makeup for The Crow, 
Mm-hmm. He looks like Heath Ledger's Joker. Oh. Google it. Let me Google this. It's like uncanny. Oh. Yeah. Especially when he's like smiling, like doing like a like a half smile thing. Like <laughs> I'm like He's got like young Heath Ledger vibe look, right? Yeah, he does. I'm like, it's kind of. Apparently, there's a reboot going on in Prague. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I was reading, I skimmed down, and uh, where's it to? Let's see, reboot. Yeah, there's a reboot that is reportedly underway in Prague. Apparently, Bill Skarsgård, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but he plays he plays Pennywise, is yeah. set to star as the main character this time. Oh? Yeah. Oh, wow. Jeez. Oh, mm-hmm. It is pretty crazy. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of shit that happened that was crazy. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, I'm going to give it a 50-50. Yeah. Now that I've heard some more things, yeah, it's about a 50-50 as well. Mm-hmm. I think the, the Brandon Lee death, to me feels a lot like like maybe I would have if if what happened earlier this year with the whole um onset accident the mm-hmm. the gun um incident uh that ended up killing the the woman mm-hmm. uh didn't happen I probably would have thought this was like a curse situation Mm -hmm. but having heard all that information now and seeing like how much missteps Mm -hmm. kind of thing i kind of look at the death portion of what happened in the crow from that angle Mm -hmm. but i think there were like some cursed elements there as well right like all those like spontaneous fire type things like that was mm-hmm. fucked up. But then you've got all these like mishap type of things. But then you've got like the the ominous phone voicemail thing and Brandon Lee like kind of predicting his own death. But, mm-hmm. you know, was he just, you know, was he just struggling? Right? Like he could have just been very depressed. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's possible. Yeah, I'm stuck on the fence in this one. Yeah. And I could, like, I could argue myself till I'm blue in the face either way. Yeah. And I hate to end on one like that. I hate to be stuck. But I think it's, I think it's more to end, though. What? I feel like what we gotta do, Rachel, is we've gotta do a follow-up. Mm-hmm. Where we do in depth 
into like maybe one of the most cursed movie sets of all time, which was like the the Curing series. I think so yeah, their whole universe. They actually apparently have to like get their sets blessed by a priest every time they start filming a movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think our next time we do one of these, we're going to just focus on the Conjuring universe. Yeah. Because I think they just have a wealth. Yes. of, Of cursed shit. Just, you know scary stuff happening all over the place and we can look at the movies as well mm-hmm. i have been meaning to watch them i'd really like to go in and watch all of them i do really like the i find ed and lorraine warren really interesting i find them fascinating as well yes. i really do they're so interesting mm-hmm so I think after after we, the holidays, because the uh, holiday stuff is coming up next. Yeah, holiday stuff. There's people at my work who have already started with their Christmas bullshit. I'm not here for it. <laughs> but Rachel, we got to start with our Christmas bullshit. Yeah, we got to start with our Christmas bullshit. So as I mentioned in the last episode, if you didn't listen to that one, which if you didn't, what are you doing with your life? Yeah. Uh, We are only going to do two holiday-themed episodes, Christmas-y adjacent, because we are taking the last two weeks of December off, because existence is hard. Mm -hmm. And they are not Christmas-specific. No. Thank you very much. I said Christmas-adjacent. Yeah, they're not Christmas-specific, though. Mm -hmm. They're not even that Christmas-y. No. They are holiday inclusive. Yes. Here at Inconsistently Consistent, we welcome all holiday celebrations. We do. Yes. And we are going to discuss the holidays and then we will be taking two weeks off in December because existence is a lot. Yes. Existing is exhausting. Yes. And then we will be back in the new year. So there's only going to be, there's including this one, three more episodes for 2022. That's scary. That is scary. So you can just re-listen to your favorites while we're on our break. Yeah, or count the days. Yes, you can do a countdown until we're back. Mm-hmm. Or, like, hide in your corner and, like, uh, like rock back and forth. Yeah, you can hide in your corner and cry. You can count the days. You can drink yourself into oblivion. You can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Some of us still have to work over the holidays, unfortunately. But, you know, that's life. I probably will, too. Yeah, we have to do this thing called work, which... Yeah, who invented that shit? I don't know. Can I retire at 30? (laughs) I want to. I've been aiming for it. I want to win the lottery, but I refuse to buy a lottery ticket anymore. I'm really tempted to buy the 
QE2 home lotto ticket next week when I get paid and just press my luck with that and see if I win anything. Because <laughs> you can win money, you can win a house, you can win all these prizes. So I'm like, I might win. I could win a 50-50. I might win something. <laughs> uh, just give me the money. Yeah. I'll do the things. Just give me the money. I'd like to just pay off student debt and then retire and just just take a nap. Yeah. Yeah. And I would like to take a trip. I just need a nap. I would just like to take a trip and then also I would what I would like. What I would also really like. just silence. <laughs> also just silence and also what I would like. What I would really like is for some person this is unrelated to anything going on in general but some person to have to pay me some sum of money so then i can go drinking on said person's money and be like thank you for paying for these drinks yeah Yeah, i think that one's a pipe dream rachel yeah i know it's a pipe dream (laughs) Mm -hmm. one can dream yeah that's why it's pipe dream but anyways if you like this episode you can follow us on all of our social media nonsense. We are Inconsistent Podcast One on Instagram, Inconsistently Consistent on Facebook. If you have any longer thoughts, you can email us. We're inconsistentpodcast1 at gmail.com. Um, as mentioned, I have a TikTok. If you want to follow me on TikTok, you can go ahead. Like, I don't really care. I'm at Raytoria7 on TikTok. Um, Melanie has a book. I do. At MelanieFlynnBooks.com. Yes, it's called The Toymaker. It's a spooky book. You can buy it wherever books are printed, wherever books are cast. Cast? Yeah, cast. Books are cast? Books are cast. Someone might cast it. You never know. wherever books are digitally sold you can find it yeah and remember to like rate review us give us five stars complain if you don't want to tell us if you have any spooky movie sets that you heard about if you heard anything about the other ones that we discussed and you want to let us know and also if you have any future ideas for podcast episodes we haven't said this in a while but i figured you know um, if you have any f- ideas that you shit you want us to do in the podcast, let us know on all of our social media. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And don't forget to pray to our Lord and Savior Charles Darwin. <laughs> <laughs> Darwin be our name. And hallowed be thy Darwin. Thy finches <laughs> come. Thy will be done in the Galapagos as it is in heaven. I'm going to stop now before it's... And evolution be with you. Amen. (laughs) Bye. Bye.